Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast as Smithburg Auto presents high school football in Southeast Iowa. Smithburg Auto, two locations to serve you better. If you need a car, talk to David. Well, Scotty, it was a rough weekend, wasn't it? Boy, Dave, it sure was. We uh, Sadly, our Southeast Iowa football coverage is at an end for the season. I wouldn't care if uh, we were talking after the last game and, and we had some state champions. It's sad when it comes no, to yeah, it's, it's always tough. Oh Well, you and I went to the Waco game and we about left in tears. Yeah, that was uh, one of the more heartbreaking ways I've seen to lose a game. You know, I told uh, I told Liz later on that night, I just down in the mouth and I said, boy, I, they made a great play there to finish, but I would have liked to have seen them had to work for it on offense rather than just get that uh, big, big run on the punt return. But, you know, that's the way it goes, man. Well, tell our viewers what happened, our listeners. Well, the Waco game was a was a back and forth exciting battle. These teams were evenly matched, I'd say, wouldn't you say? Oh, I would. It, it was a it was a great game, but I'm really glad that we seen it. Yeah, I, I, win or lose that one, uh, and the, the memory is 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 a great one. And uh, you know, I don't think it changed the outcome. Uh, but uh, one thing I will say, when uh, Isaac Oswald went down in the second quarter um, and his mom said on Twitter there that he broke his collarbone on that play uh, when he got tackled, you know, Waco did a seamless transition to put Simeon back there at quarterback, bringing Drew Deers back next to him uh, as tailback. And they, they really hammered away at that Audubon defense and did fine. But I thought, you know, with a minute and a half left when, uh, when uh, they wanted to try to make the game winning drive, I thought having Oswald might have might have given him a different dynamic and not having him there hurt. But well, it, uh, it, it kept Simeon from being a receiver. That was the big problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would have been nice to have Simeon catching passes, maybe, or available to to catch passes on that last drive. But you yeah. know, it, well, that quarterback it was late in the first quarter, early in the second second quarter. He he sees an opening, and he valiantly runs into it for a beautiful six yard gain. But I don't know if he hit his shoulder or it sure seemed like his shoulder was hurting him, but he couldn't play anymore. Yeah. You know, we're, you and I were watching from the stands and I, you know, looking at the young man's face, I didn't even think he looked like he was in any pain. I thought, you and I thought it was a, you know, maybe an equipment malfunction. Yeah. It was like maybe a shoulder strap broke or something on his shoulder pads, but. Yeah. He wasn't, he was hurt. When he got tackled, the weight of the defender kind of come down on his shoulder pretty hard there. And it, it, you know, he broke his collarbone and uh, you know, he, it, it's one of those injuries you can't play play after that happens for sure. But um, he'll heal up and he'll be back probably. He was playing good. He was really he really was playing good. He was he had a good game plan. And but I will say yeah. this: I mean, they didn't miss too many beats when Simeon took over as quarterback. That kid just does everything. Yeah, he, there's nothing he can't do. Um, but you know, for for Oswald, he's just such a great field general. I've been watching him all year, and he's very heady. He's only a junior. You know, he throws the ball away when, when it's, you know, instead of taking risks, he, he tucks it and runs and, and largely avoids taking contact because he's not very big. Um, so he, he's been a pleasure to watch. And and uh, it was sad to see him have to go out with injury that last game. Yeah. You know, we, we uh, kicked a field goal and they scored a touchdown and we scored a touchdown. It was just like that all night, just back and forth, back and forth. We yeah, have, and, have, and our boys held them down on offense so well in that first half. And to be honest, they, they hit that long pass play to take their first lead. And that was it in the first half. 
Yeah, they, they were, were dangerous, though. Yeah. Um, uh, we, Coach we Eaton took a, said, hopefully we'll get to speak to him, but in the second half, then first two drives they scored on, the, and it looked like they kind of seized control of the game there for a bit. You know, they, they threw a, a sweep at, at Waco that they hadn't seen. and uh, But Waco adjusted beautifully and kept stuffing them again. I mean, I got the stats here. They held uh, Gavin Smith, who's one of the top stats guys in the state, to 84 yards rushing a week after he went for 300 on uh, Montezuma. I mean, it's just amazing work by the defense. Well, we went to the half, two points up. They came out on fire. I think they scored two or three yeah. touchdowns just right off the bat. It looked like we were going to get left in the dust. Then yeah. Coach Edeker made some adjustments and saw something that we could do. And we fought back. We were up by, I don't know, four points or two points maybe with uh, like a couple minutes left or just, you know, three, four minutes left. And then we, I said to you, I says, you know, if we get three first downs, we're going to win this game. We got the first first down, and then we were trying to drain clock, and we, I don't know, it was a two-yard run or something, and then they called timeout. And then we got another one back to the line of scrimmage, and they called timeout. And then we, I think we tried to throw a pass, and they sacked us. And uh, so it was fourth down. We had to punt. There was less than two minutes left in the game. And they returned that punt for a touchdown. That was the back-breaking blow with a minute and 19 seconds left in the game. Yep. That was and, uh, uh, but that didn't make me realize one thing. Covering a punt or a kickoff is much harder in eight-man football than 11-man football. You're just, not kidding. Uh, you just can't you, cover if that. you can make that first guy miss, boy, you've got a real shot if you got some speed. And uh, Audubon blocked. They knew how to block. They even, you know, even their receivers were blocking downfield. I mean, they blocked. But on that play, they just picked up all of our defenders. I never seen anything like it. They just really, and the kid run like a little snake pattern all the way through, and nobody mm-hmm. touched him. And Audubon's fans, which were about five hundred, it looked like loud screaming. The Waco's. Of course, must have had 1,500 or something there. Uh, was it? it was packed. Yeah. What a, what a team Waco was and what a great effort that they made. And they were so close, so close. It, I have to say this. This is the most heartbreaking loss of a football game I think I've ever had. And I think I'm still heartbroken about it. Well, I got to go back to 1996 to find one that, that broke my heart more than this one. That was my little brother's senior class back home. We lost in a state title game on the last second pass. And that was a long ride home, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, – This one was right up there with it, I tell you. I don't know. You know, I mean, essentially I don't know any of the kids or anything, but I felt like I knew them. And I, you get that way after you've been uh, covering them for, you know, uh, even a season. And, I, you know, I don't get to see as many of these kids up at the gym like I do the Washington boys. But uh, I do remember Drew Deers coming in the summer and training up at Brick House there in Washington. And these kids have put in the work and they, they earned every uh, accolade they've got this year. I wish they could have gone farther. I hate to say that it was, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it was, it was a successful season and they went all the ways and they were very good. And they got nothing to be ashamed of. I guess 
the reason why our our coverage of football in Southeast Iowa has drawn so many listeners from all across the state, it must be because of how much you and me care about what we're talking about. Yeah, you know, I always have loved the sport. That's the easy part. Um, I think maybe now as I'm getting older and I got boys that are teenagers and you know, I got one that ain't interested in sports and one that is. It's it's easy to look at these other kids that are just like my own boys and uh, have the same hopes and, and everything that I have for my own. And yeah. As a parent, a grandparent, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's a, You just really get invested in watching these uh, local kids do their well, thing. You know? I think I love more than just the kids on the field or the coaches. I just love the whole community. I mean, I just love Southeast Iowa. It's my pride and joy and... Uh, I just hate it when we hurt, but if we didn't care, we wouldn't hurt. So I guess we do care, and it was good. And then, But there was another game this weekend that didn't go our way either. Yeah, I had to – I couldn't get up to it, and I, and I thought real hard on uh, riding up with some friends. Liz and I talked about it for a minute <laughs> last night to Dyke New Hartford uh, where Sigourney Kyoto uh, brought the single wing up there to face off against a team that I thought largely was uh, like looking in a mirror. Uh, they don't run the same kind of offense, but it's it's the same philosophy, playing, playing rough and tumble, ground and pound football. And uh, that game, boy, I don't know what you think, but I just felt like uh, Dyke New Hartford got out to that hot start, got some breaks to go their way, and I felt like our Cobras could not get a break the entire game. Yeah, the first two, then I got, it was 14 to nothing so quick. I just think, you know, I mean, they didn't, it's not that they didn't stop fighting back, and they got it close at halftime. And they made a beautiful play at the second, yeah. at the end of the first half to get in there. And then they made another beautiful play at the very last, you know, the, they scored at the end of the half, and then they scored at the end of the game again, which was pretty beautiful, actually, you know, to see them finish that drive and get one more score. Yeah. But they were overmatched. Those guys were home. That was a big thing, being home, you know. I mean, you just got all your fans, and you don't have to take well, a long bus ride. And It doesn't hurt, I tell you, to have that, that home field advantage, especially when you can seize momentum that quickly like they did. And, and Sigourney Kyoto, you know, they may be ground and pound, but I I didn't feel nervous at all when they were down 14 nothing. I didn't feel nervous when they were down 17 nothing. There's a lot of game left. And even though they have that three yard and uh, a cloud of dust philosophy, they can score quick if they need to. And and I thought they were back in it. And when they went down 24 to seven in the second half, I thought, you know, I've been at state semifinal games uh, back home. I remember one year we were down 23 to six with uh, seven minutes to go in the fourth and came back and won. It can happen. But um, last night just wasn't wasn't the. How many yards did Mullinex and uh, and Colt have? I've only seen a couple of uh, preliminary stats here, and uh, these aren't official. But I've got Clarahan uh, passed ten times last night, hit five of them for seventy-five yards. That's more than he usually will throw in a game. Uh, Mullinex got one hundred and thirty-three yards rushing on twenty-seven carries. Not a bad night at all. Is that two touchdowns too? Did he have two? I believe he had two. Yes, um, I thought. Well, hey, he got 136 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, yeah, in the state uh, elite eight, that ain't. Uh, that's that's the quarterfinals there. Yeah, I guess that that's getting it done. Well, what a season they had. You know what I mean? I gotta, yeah. I gotta shake these blues and just, uh, you know, 
realize what a great season they gave us and how hard they worked. And I just, uh, you know, I'm going to miss talking about them until next year. But like yeah. you say, they're they're in the weight room right now, trying to get ready for that championship next year. They didn't get this year, I think. Well, I, I think a bunch of them probably are, are moving on to wrestling or basketball. Um, some maybe not. Um, but uh, yeah, the the seniors they're they're the ones you're most sad for because uh, you know the, this is the last time they get to play for their high school, and some of them will move on to to play in college, and uh, some of them won't. So this may be the last time they strapped up. And uh, but well, you know this is it. They're young. They've got a lot more uh, highs and lows coming. <laughs> well, whether you finish ten and zero or four and four during the regular season, you learned and gained from yes, playing football, did. and it'll make you a better man moving forward in life. I got respect for the teams that showed up and played every Friday night that didn't win a game, you know, or maybe only one two because they represented their community. They they worked with uh, teammates for a common goal, and maybe the record doesn't show it, but there's a, a lot of growth that happens when uh, and a lot of learning that's going to serve them in, in, you know, life later on. So it's uh, it's great for them, and, and congratulations to every single team in the state, but especially our little corner here. We, uh, we had a lot of fun watching these uh, – seasons develop and unfold for these kids. Williamsburg is a little connected to us, aren't they? Yeah, I got a couple couple scores here that are connected. You know, they may not be southeast Iowa per se, but uh, yeah, Williamsburg, boy, they showed up last night and whooped that West Marshall team 32-6. to six. Yeah, they put a beating on them. And then another one that uh, shocked me a little bit, and uh, yeah, I just thought Solon being in the, in, in our uh, 3A district here, which was a little down, I think, this year, uh, largely Solon, you know, kind of ran roughshod over the, our district. But I thought when they got to the playoffs and ran into somebody that's played real tough competition that they, they would get shocked, and they did not. They showed up and beat West Delaware up there at Manchester 23-19 to last night. So congrats to the Spartans. So Williamsburg and Solon are still in the, in the. Our teams definitely play those, and Williamsburg was a, was a rough customer. I remember. Yeah, and you know, boy, I picked a lot of wrong scores this year, and things that I thought would go a certain way did not. So, <laughs> Williamsburg is the one that I, I can hang my hat on. I said early on that zero and three start meant nothing. They they load that schedule on purpose with tough opponents and then, and then they get to work and they do great things as the season uh, progresses. And here they are going to the dome. So, well, we hope they're, uh, maybe we can uh, cover a little bit of their games, but uh, well, Scotty, you got anything to say to our listeners? Uh, boy, I wish I had the list of seniors uh, from both Sigourney, Kyoto and Waco that we could uh, grow. And maybe we could do that in a later episode if we do a season wrap or something. Um, but uh, congrats to all those seniors and uh, we, wish you the best moving on to your next sport and on after graduation and and we look for the juniors to come back and, and make an impact next year and uh hopefully we've got some underclassmen coming up and we'll see some reloading happen and some more great runs into the season um city high my my son's school they won last night they're going back to the dome for the first time in in quite a few years so i want to throw that out there congrats to them they're close to southeast iowa yeah, I uh, I also want to uh, apologize for referring to uh, the Cobras as Sigourney many times when I should have said Sigourney Kyoto. If you live in Kyoto, I live in Richland. I know who you are, where you are, and I know how much you contribute to the to the team. And uh, like I say, Scott and I are kind of rookies at this, but uh, 
you guys, uh, yeah, Kyoto, you're 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 the bomb, and uh, you guys, you know, wasn't for you, it wouldn't have been that good. So, Sigourney, Kyoto, Cobras, Coach Jensen, I thank you, Waco. Uh, Coach Edeker, I thank you, too. What a great season, and uh, we really enjoyed listening to you. And Scotty Melvin, thanks to you. We really appreciate everything you did for us this year. Well, it's been uh, – yeah, I've had the time of my life. I've been watching ball, and I've been sitting around talking football, especially, and, and other sports with my buddies or, or whoever would care to listen. And well, you've been talking to people so about football was, and at work and at the gym and to your yeah. neighbors and stuff. But this year, you talked to people in 80 different cities in Iowa about it. Yeah, it gave me a, another dimension and uh, made me kind of have to organize my thoughts a little bit here and there and compile some numbers and, and things like that. And it was a lot of fun. It, well, for a so, couple guys yeah. that didn't have any experience doing it, uh, we got a lot of respect from a, a lot of media people and uh they really thought we had did a good job and i think we did a good job and uh also want to thank smithburg auto for sponsoring this you know i mean you took us yes. from 100 listeners to 1200 listeners so well this was it for the last uh southeast iowa high school football report this year it was a great season and i'm glad all of you listened and i really thank scott too well thanks for having me everybody all right, we're out.